So let's imagine you want to talk to realtors about purchase plus improvements. So as a mortgage broker, we know what that is. We get excited about, oh, look, there's a cool little product. You can do this, this, and this. That doesn't really mean anything. For you, it does. But for somebody who doesn't do this for a living, we're not going to remember it, it would be better to go to your real estate partner and say, hey, you know what? We had a client who found the perfect house, except they hated the kitchen, and it was going to be a deal breaker. However, we were able to use a purchase plus improvement. And so they bought the house and were able to get them money on top of their mortgage to redo the kitchen. And of course, there's ways to do this, you know, whether or not you have to have all the cash up front or how that works. The point is, is that if you have somebody who has a property that they love, except there's one flaw with it, I can help you fix it. See, that's a much more effective way because now I'm telling you and based into a story, much more effective than just saying, hey, we got this cool product, let's purchase plus improvements. It's got these kind of guidelines, maximum amount is this. They're not going to remember none of it. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Welcome to the Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Today, I want to talk about why you need to tell more stories and why stories are probably the most powerful way for you to remember anything. I'm going to get into some specifics in a second here. So before we do, though, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection platform that's very easy for borrowers to use. As they're filling it out, it knows auto-magically exactly what documents to ask for. So when the client hits submit, it says, hey, looks like you're self-employed. Here's what I need. When you get that application and start reviewing it, you can go into Lender Spotlight and you can actually search all the rates and guidelines. This is extremely helpful. And finally, when you go to hit submit, it actually pulls the key data from the app, puts it into the submission notes. So it makes it easy for your underwriter. Check them out at lenddesk.com slash Finmo. Hey, also today, I'm going to talk to Ben McCabe from Bloom Finance about trends for 2023. All right, let's dive into today's topic. So I want to tell you a quick story. There's this great book called Moonwalking with Einstein. And it's about this author who got fascinated by people who could memorize, you know, long random numbers or, you know, 52 cards in the deck that were shuffled and memorize them really quickly. And he thought, are these people superhuman? How are they doing this? And so he went on this quest researching for this book. And he ended up learning enough about it that he competed in the World Memory Championship. And he actually won. And he memorized 52 cards in a minute and 40 seconds. And so the book's called Moonwalking with Einstein. And I'll explain to you how he did this or how this works. And then I'm going to explain how this actually ties into your mortgage business, because I think it's fascinating. And it ties into this idea that our brains are hardwired for narrative. Like I can tell you all kinds of facts and numbers and things. And some people can memorize those things, but the vast majority of us are going to lose those. But if I tell you a story, you will remember the story, which is why, you know, before people had written accounts of things, we used to pass on all of our traditions through stories. We just tell stories and that's how we would learn how our culture and everything should work. And so stories are, we're hardwired for it. And if you want to be better at marketing, better at being a mortgage broker, you need to get a lot better at telling stories. And I don't mean made up stories. I'm meaning stories that like will help convey what you're trying to get across in a way that's memorable. So in this book, Moonwalking with Einstein, there's a couple of things that you can buy. One is a memory palace and a memory palace is essentially if you walk through a room, so you think about your house, you're standing at the front door and then you open the door and then, you know, whatever's in there, then you go to the next room, the next room, you basically walk through the room. This is a trick that's like 2,500 years old and it's in that show Sherlock. Let's say you're trying to memorize a list of random grocery items that you want to remember. And you would basically place the items in your memory palace in order as you walk through it. And you would do something extreme to them. So if it's like, hey, I need to remember milk, 
And then I got to get cheese and I got to get butter. So you'd be like on the front step is this giant jug of milk. And I got to step around it to get into the door. And you literally paint this picture in your mind. And it's essentially a story. And then it's incredibly sticky. It will stick in your brain so well. So that's the first thing. The second thing is is that what they would do with these cards is every card had a person, a place, and an object. The idea is, so like an example, Six of Clubs is Albert Einstein writing on a chalkboard, right? There's a person who's doing an action to an object. The Queen of Diamonds is a Michael Jackson moonwalking on grass, right? So that's another one. And then the Five of Hearts is Scooby-Doo defecating on a criminal. It sounds kind of gross, but it sticks in your mind. So, for example, a three-card sequence of Six of Clubs, Queen of Diamonds, and Five of Hearts would result in an image of Einstein moonwalking on a criminal. And so you'd take 52 cards and you'd end up producing 18 images that you place in your memory palace. It sounds confusing. You can go read up on it. But the whole idea is that you could memorize something incredibly quickly and it would stick with you. And it's because you're using a lot of the narrative part of the brain. So, okay, that's cool, Scott. Great. Or maybe you don't think it's cool. Maybe you're like, Scott, you're kind of a nerd. Oh, and this book. So I got this book and I was like, oh, this is fascinating to me. And I decided it was like well, a week or two before a half marathon. I think we'd run a half marathon. I hadn't run like literally longer than seven kilometers. I'm like, ah, how hard can it be? Turned out to be a lot harder than I thought. In any case, I thought I don't want to take off too fast because if I run too quickly at the beginning, I will not make 21 kilometers and I'll have to walk the rest of it. I feel like a schmuck. So I put this book on. So literally for almost the entire half marathon, all I did was listen to Moonwalking with Einstein. So that was my little way. Because when I'm listening to a book like this, I'm paying a lot more attention. I'm not going to run very fast. So in any case, how does this help you be a better mortgage agent? Well, first, one of the challenges when you're reading, you know, underwriting guidelines, so you're reading all these guidelines and you're looking at the broker kits, is it's just information. It's not embedded in any kind of story. There's nothing to it. And so one of the best ways you can memorize things and learn underwriting is actually to have examples, have case studies, or have you know your own files where you have a situation that happens and you're like, oh, dang, I won't forget that again because now it's embedded in your brain. You've actually remembered it versus it's just information in a broker kit that you hope you can remember and recall when you need it. And I'll give you an example of this. So I had a file once where we thought everything was done. It was like broker, you know, it was not broker complete. It was supposed to be broker complete. And then it was a day before subject removal. And the underwriter emails me and goes, oh, shoot, looks like this property is a foreclosure. How come you didn't tell me? I'm like, I didn't know. And now we need an appraisal. Well, shoot, the problem was is that we couldn't get an appraisal in a day. So we lost the property. Client was pissed. Realtor was pissed. And this happened because... Nowhere in the MLS did it say it was a foreclosure. The only place that we picked up on it, or actually the underwriter did, was that when we saw that the seller was the bank in Nova Scotia. So when now, of course, when you look at offers, it's like we look at the name, who's the seller? Right? Like it doesn't matter. Like I want to look at, you know, you would hope the realtor put on the MLS. They didn't, which is kind of annoying. It's usually obvious, but they didn't. And so the only way that we caught it. So now we always read who the seller is. So we don't want to get caught with that. So there's an example of, and I guarantee you, me just telling you that quick little story will help your memory go, oh yeah, I don't want to do that. That would suck. So like I could tell you that, you know, the seller name matters, but the story is actually going to be the thing that you're going to remember significantly better than just the policy of who the seller is. And then of course that policy leads to, we need to get an appraisal because it's foreclosure. So in any case, that's an example in training and underwriting. Uh, the second is in your marketing. So if you're creating like videos or emails, the most successful stuff that I've ever created in terms of content is almost always story-based. And it talks about a situation where somebody had a problem, whatever, here's what they tried, here's how they overcame it. And here was the outcome. And those emails, and they absolutely kill. Those kind of videos kill. I'll make this up for you just to give you an example of what I mean by this. So let's imagine you want to talk to realtors about purchase plus improvements. So as a mortgage broker, we know what that is. We get excited about, oh, look, there's a cool little product. You can do this, this, and this. That doesn't really mean anything. 
for you, it does. But for somebody who doesn't do this for a living, we're not remember it. It would be better to go to your real estate partner and say, hey, you know what? We had a client who found the perfect house, except they hated the kitchen and it was going to be a deal breaker. However, we were able to use a purchase plus improvement. And so they bought the house and we're able to get them money on top of their mortgage to redo the kitchen. And of course, there's ways to do this, you know, whether or not you have to have all the cash up front or how that works. The point is, is that if you have somebody who has a property that they love, except there's one flaw with it, I can help you fix it. See, that's a much more effective way because now I'm telling it and based into a story much more effective than just saying, hey, we got this cool product, let's purchase plus improvements. It's got these kind of guidelines, maximum amount is this. They're not going to remember none of it. But if you tell them the story about a client, and if I were to make that story even more impactful, I'd say, hey, look, Mr. Realtor, tell you a quick story. One of my clients, they went out, they've been looking at properties. They literally could not find anything perfect. They probably looked at a dozen properties, no joke, and they could not find the right one. They found one that was close. It was close, but it wasn't quite right. The kitchen was not what they were looking for. And the poor realtor was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to 12 more houses. The clients are like, oh my gosh, they're going to look at 12 more houses. However, because they're working with a professional, I said, look, I think I can fix this. Show me what they want to do with the property. And maybe I can see if I can get it included in the mortgage. Turned out no problem. We have this program called Purchase Plus Improvements where you can buy a property and you can replace something like a kitchen. You know, it's the almost perfect house and we can solve it for you. All of that, I'm saying the same thing. I'm explaining the Purchase Plus Improvement Program, but I'm not getting into all the weeds of the details. I'm telling it in a story and it's going to stick in the realtor's head, right? It's going to be way more impactful, memorable for them. You know, something like you don't have the perfect house, no problem. I can solve that, right? Like you're literally making it much more memorable. And so this is why I think that, and again, the way our brains are encoded, we're going to remember information significantly better if it's based in a story than if I just were to read off a list of details and facts. And sometimes we get excited about that stuff, but it doesn't work in marketing and it doesn't work in training because it just doesn't work for human brains. So let me ask you this. So let me see how well you're paying attention to everything that I've talked about since what was the flaw? So just think about this for a second. I told you the story about, you know, the offer that we lost because we had to get an appraisal. What was the problem with that file that caused that? Can you remember? Right. Did you tell me what does Scott say? Yeah. The seller was the bank in Nova Scotia, right? So again, that is far more memorable than just trying to say, here's a policy that you need to memorize and hopefully you can use it in the future. So hopefully I find that helpful. You know, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to this stuff. So this is interesting to me and hopefully you find it interesting. Check that out. In this next segment, I'm going to talk to Ben McCabe about trends for 2023. Hey, Ben, welcome back to Ask the Experts. Hey, Scott. So, hey, what's the topic for today? Yeah, so I guess we're closing out on 2022 here. It's been, you know, a banner year for the reverse mortgage industry. You know, really significant growth year every year from 2021. And we're now looking ahead to 2023. And there's a few trends that kind of we see on the horizon, a few things that we think are going to continue to unfold next year. And so I thought I'd talk about sort of what we see, some of the kind of the big items for 2023. Okay, sounds awesome, man. Let's jump into it. So what's the first trend that you're noticing that you, you know, kind of expect to see more of in 2023? So I think there's so much sort of, you know, we just call like demographic factors that are propelling the industry. And then when you take into account, you know, rising interest rates and the fact that traditional mortgages are getting more expensive, especially for retirees who are living on you know, a fixed income, I think we're going to continue to see this acceleration of reverse mortgages being used, you know, to refinance existing mortgages. The number of reverse mortgage applicants, I think, is going to continue to grow next year. At the same time, average deal size is going to be a little bit lower in 2023 than 2022. So when you look at the overall you know, origination volume for next year, I don't know that we'll see the same growth rate we've seen over the last couple of years, but the number of customers you know, coming into this space, I think is going to continue to uh, accelerate forward. 
Right. That kind of matches the trend even in non-reverse mortgages as well. So I think you're going to see less mortgages and even just on a conventional mortgage side, they won't take out as much money if it costs them more. You know, when it's almost free, it's like, oh, take all the money I can get. Okay. So that's the first trend. What's the next kind of trend that you're seeing? Yeah. So I think we're going to start to see really like the impact of this phenomenon called the great retirement that we've seen in Canada over the last couple of years. I was just looking at some stats that are crazy. So 307,000 Canadians retired in the last 12 months. And that is up 32% from the year prior. Just crazy. crazy. It's crazy. Like the baby boomer generation is retiring, right? We've talked a lot about this trend of, you know, following the baby boomer generation, you know, over the years and what they're doing right now is they're retiring, right? 602,000 Canadians turned 65 during the pandemic. And then just to put that in perspective, there's only 30,000 reverse mortgages outstanding in Canada today. So like it's still so underpenetrated relative to the overall, you know, market opportunity and like this growing market opportunity of, you know, senior homeowners who are retiring that we're definitely going to see a continued widening of the addressable market for the reverse mortgage product. Right. Good time to, as we've talked about this before, but the best time to invest in Gerber baby food would have been in the fifties when the baby boomers were all needing baby food. And now it's like, Hey, if you want to get in front of the trend, regardless of market conditions, you have that many people, you know, the law of large numbers, there's going to be more demand for reverse mortgage type products. And so you guys are going to crush it. I guarantee you 10 years from now, you'll be like, I'll go meet you and you'll be on your private jet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're like, hey, what's up? You're not that kind of dude. But anyway, I was just, just joking. But the mortgage brokers who serve that baby boomer generation will have tons of business. I'm joking about the jet thing. Unless you really want a jet. Okay, so smaller mortgage size, higher number of clients. You're seeing the great retirement, which is kind of terrifying when you also think about the low number of workers available. Like we, there's such a labor shortage right now. And yeah, it's so huge. I would suspect that some of them will come back into part-time stuff and like dabble, like there might be more a bit more of that, but it's interesting. What's kind of another trend that you're noticing? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the last thing is really just continued gain of broker market share in the reverse mortgage space. Brokers are just, you know, continuing to sort of, you know, gain dominance in the reverse mortgage space. If you rewind five years ago, there was only one reverse mortgage lender out there and they were mostly a direct to consumer business. And then fast forward to today, you know, there's three of us out there. And I would say that brokers probably represent about 50% of total reverse mortgage origination in Canada today. And it's growing all the time. We're like constantly getting new brokers calling us up and saying, you know, tell me more about the product and how to work with you guys. And so I think that's going to continue to accelerate. Brokers are going to become more and more of an important part of the reverse mortgage ecosystem. Right. That actually just matches the trend in mortgages in general in that over this pandemic, brokers have really taken on more market share, which I was talking to Greg Williamson and he was saying how more of the banks are either coming back into the channel with brokers or looking at experimenting with it because they're like, dang, they just won't go away. We're like cockroaches. You know, you just can't kill us. Keep stomping on us. Technology, you know, whatever. And they just keep coming back. And so maybe cockroaches is bad. More like, how about this is better? You know, the Terminator, the guy that walks through walls, remember that, whichever that one was, walk through stuff. We're like the Terminator, not cockroaches. You just can't kill yeah. us. Yeah. I mean, just so. really simply, like, there's just no way you know, that you could just through a central marketing organization, reach all the people that mortgage brokers can reach, right? Just in terms of, you think about all this sort of the different communities that are the mortgage broker communities reaching, like we could never hope to access that full market. So that's why, you know, brokers are such an important part of our shot. And why brokers have continued to take market share and why banks are now going, oh, okay, we got to work with these guys, you know, again, or as they the should. First time. So, so yeah. I think it's awesome. So uh, any other kind of last thoughts on trends that you see for in the next year for reverse mortgages? No, I mean, like we're super excited about 2023. We've never been more optimistic about the overall need for this product and continue to recommend that brokers take a close look.
Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. So if you guys are listening to this, check out Bloom Finance. Ben and his team are amazing at reverse mortgages. They're growing like crazy. And they'll help you manage the entire process if you want. So like they'll help you if you want to take the client yourself, if you want them to talk to the client, whatever's easier for you, check them out at bloomfin.ca. Ben, appreciate you, man, and continued success. And I want to ride in your private jet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> when you get there, call me. <laughs> right, we're going to go to Vegas. Like, Let's do it. Thanks, Thanks Scott. All right. Thanks again for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Two quick things. One, if you're a rookie and you found this useful, do me a favor, share this with some other rookies, fire this podcast off with them. Say, Hey, check this out. There's some good stuff on here. I would appreciate it. Second, you know, if you haven't checked out Bloom, I would recommend you check these guys out. They're pretty awesome. And third, actually I had three things I want to say, go check out islandmortgagebrokering.com. You can set up a free power search account and literally keyword search by everything, any keyword, all of our past episodes. It's very powerful and it's totally free. Go to islandmortgagebrokering.com. Thanks again for this episode and I will see you on the next show. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.